Oh, <laughs> with all that excitement, I feel like we like kind of downplayed the fact that the Union are in a semifinal match this week. Yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. They're um, potentially yeah. the favorite in the whole tournament right now. Union Hey guys, it's the Doopy Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host, my brother. I am Luke. I am here in Philly, and it is episode 66. Welcome to August. August 2nd. My birthday is coming up, everyone. Yeah. Um, and you might not have to get me anything because it seems like the union are all chipping in to get me the best birthday present possible. Uh, MLS is back. Trophy, hopefully. That's what you always wanted. So, so I've been asking for it for 33 years. Finally going to get it. Oh, man, um, you're old. I am old. Our sister turns 30, so oh, wow. that's old, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, this episode, we're going to go through the last two games, the Revs game, the Kansas City game. Um, we'll talk about young players going over at Seas, and we'll preview the Portland game. We'll talk about something another podcast is doing, and We'll do a little union version of it. So, yeah, full episode tonight. Uh, Luke, how's Philly treating you? Oh, it's good. You know, it's been pretty decent weather, I guess. That's I can't say much more about Philly because it's not like I'm doing too much more. But you know, it's been fun enjoying the roof and stuff. But how's 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 it down there in Fredericksburg? Uh, it's good, man. Tomorrow I report back to school. Get to meet my mentee and teach her all about teaching. So. Getting back into the swing of things, which is good. Yes, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about that Revs win. It was cool. We got to watch together. We were both on vacation at the beach, Bethany Beach. We got to watch with Dad. Uh, it was a I, – I had fun. I don't know. Did you have fun? I don't think <laughs> – like Yeah, no, I had fun. <laughs> I feel like me and Dad picked on you a little bit that night. But... Yeah, you guys definitely make some jokes. <laughs> Maybe at my expense. I don't know about that. But, it, I don't know. It's it's always fun we're together. It's like we, we – it's becoming more rare now that uh, we can get all together, so it's good that we had one. And yeah, it was yeah. a, a, a good result. You know, it wasn't the most exciting game, but they won, so that's all that really mattered. Yeah, good teams find ways to win games in bad ways. Um, yeah, yeah uh, so, I mean, we got a bunch of notes. Nothing's really too organized for this game. It was it was a while ago. It feels like forever ago. Um, Aronson had a quiet night. I thought him and Casper both looked tired on the night. I was a little nervous for... For them both obviously aronson kind of uh broke out of it against kansas city we'll talk about that but casper i think is looking tired um i'll, I'll get to him more in the kansas city game because okay. i think get a little more of a reaction then um let's see what else did we notice in that game yeah i feel like montero had a a, a better performance than the game, previous game the, or the orlando game i think he's he's getting more involved and just being you know more of a force in midfield and so that's good to see i think martinez actually like in that game had a real i feel like a really like measured controlled game which was something that we were excited to see especially after, after getting suspended in the previous game and i'm pretty sure he even said to curtain after he after the game he was like no yellow cards that's the first thing he said to curtain. <laughs> so i was like yeah that's he's so he's like taking that seriously it's cool that he's like knows 
you know, his weaknesses basically. And, and you know, is, is really focused trying to work on that and grow. So it's, it's cool. And I feel like he had a, a good performance in that game. And felt like he was at no yellow. So that's good. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, he's, he's definitely becoming one of, uh, I think what I think is one of the top players on the team. Um, yeah. Right. He, he's just all over the place. I feel like he's super effective. Last week we were talking about um, player about who, who have uh, gained a lot of value in this tournament, and he was one of the ones we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's really standing out as as one of the just all around best players on our team from for the first I don't know what five, six, seven games he's played with us. Yeah, yeah, it's been crazy, and yeah, and just becoming such a easy player to like, not just because he's a quality player, but his his passion and like those little moments where like he's saying like no yellows and his you see his like every every game his he like drops his knees and celebrates and he's really invested and so it's just it, we i don't know just it's just becoming so likable he's he's becoming one of those players that you're like all right well maybe you know next year that might be the name on the back of the jersey that i get or you know he's kind of becoming that kind of considered player yeah he's always dancing around to pre-game after games yeah. um, between games almost almost uh reminiscent of fafa like a player like that mm-hmm. where i don't think you really disliked fafa um he was just like a good personality guy a good player on the field and uh now that we don't have him we kind of needed someone to come around and dance around and, and it seems like martinez might be that guy who has a lot of energy and a lot of dance so yeah yeah you always like good personalities on the team yeah um from that game i, I also put down the note that uh at first i put wagner was good Mm-hmm. And then I realized Gaddis was good, and then I realized all the back four were good. And then I'm, yeah. so those are my yeah. back four. No, I mean, obviously with a shutout, you get, like that's has to be true. But, yeah, I feel like there's so many – like I feel like Rev's got like a, a good amount of chances in that game, but I never felt worried. Right. Like, they they had, you know, some good looks, and, you know, Blake made a, a good save or two to bail out, or just, you know, from good shots. But it never felt like New England had – had it figured out, like had that defense figured out. And I feel like there's whenever the union look like they're going to give up a goal is when they look disorganized and the team can make them feel uncomfortable. And I feel like that just never really happened, even with them getting chances. Yeah. Yeah. And then the good moving forward, uh, Montero definitely looked more involved. Like you said, he, he was on a markdown as a, having a good game. i um, still don't know if he is uh, playing up to his full expectations yet, but yeah. He's definitely getting better. Obviously, yeah. he had the sweet the sweet pass to Sergio. Sergio's coming alive, which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's what we've, we've kind of wanted. Not kind of, we definitely wanted. Right. Um, and we've needed it because Casper hasn't really done anything this tournament um, other than the one. He's only had one goal, right? The counterattack goal. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's good to have uh, the other striker stepping up. Um but yeah, that Montero chip and Santos goal it was a runaway for MLS goal of the week. It was a very fine goal. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It was just it was just a nice piece of individual skill by two players. Yeah, and I and I feel like that was that's one of the goals that Curtin and Tanner are like they that's the kind of goals that they're training this team to to have like those. It's kind of like get a quick turnover and hit him quickly with a, a a pass or two to get behind the defense and score and right that that just well you know i was like perfectly executed with it montero's ball and, and it was like a pretty difficult finish that santos just smashed into the into the corner from a really tough angle but 
Yeah, I think like we keep. I feel like every game you see little moments of the team that the Union are like progressing to be, and I feel like that goal is definitely one of those moments. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, anything else you want to talk about with this game? I mean, it's um, a little cool in the past. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I know it was a, a joke of that you and Dad made a couple times, <laughs> but Bedoy apparently Bedoy's looking old. Is is that something you want to address right now? Uh. <laughs> Throw me on the, uh, you know, it wasn't his best. I mean, he's, I think, I, I don't think he's done too much this tournament other than the uh, quiet, dirty work. He, uh, he definitely missed a really big opportunity where he dribbled down the right and he took too many touches. He had a couple guys open in the box and missed the play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I don't want to say much more. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I could agree that he's maybe hasn't had his best games. In this tournament, but I, I I never like to talk poorly of him. So right, and in defense of anyone playing in that midfield, if you're playing next to the midfielders of Martinez, Aronson, Montero, you're gonna look slow. That's I don't care who you are. Yeah. Um. Fair point. All right, let's let's move on to the Kansas City win. That was exciting, Luke. You were on the field. Yeah. Oh yeah. So let's. I want to talk about that. Co. So. Obviously, like people, I'm sure everyone who's listening has has seen that the union have allowed season ticket members to sign up and go to watch the game on the actual field at Super Park and watch on the big screen. So our our dad uh, signed us up for that, and so me, him, and and my fiance Erica went down and and it got to experience that, and we somehow got a a pod as they called like center field front row like right right outside the the box under the big screen and so we had like literally the the best view and it was it was really really cool like felt super weird to watch a union game on the union field so i i kind of hope i don't have to do that too much more i hope you know get to get to see the union play on that field but it was a really cool experience so it was really uh you know thanks for the to the union for setting that up it felt it was a very you know they they did everything right they had you know you had a sign a waiver and there's you know all the protocols were seem to be met and for that situation so it was it was cool that's cool man that's yeah. cool i'm and glad it, you had fun yeah i was like worried because i was afraid like ah, if i'm gonna get too stressed i feel like this situation is like maybe i won't be able to like be too into the game but you know it was a bunch of union fans so like people were saying the same you know dupe dupe chance when we scored there's still like people were trying to do like the the corner kick chant like the clap 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 union when the union had a corner even like even if it wasn't you know in the stadium so it was cool like it still like felt like there's a bit of an atmosphere and people were getting into it so it was, it was a fun time i love that that's awesome yeah. um are you going to go on wednesday i don't know i'm i'm because our, our dad is going to be not he's not gonna be able to go so i i, I might hang back and just watch on tv because i i think from now on, I, like I think I just might be just too stressed and anxious watching the games, so and maybe I just hold up in my in the apartment. But maybe for the final, if that's an option. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got yeah. you. Cool, man. Um, so let's let's break down the game. Uh, Union obviously won three one. Took a big three zero lead in the first half. Really, it was just a dominant like what fifteen minutes where we put all three goals in, and then just kind of rode out the rest of the game. Um. Yeah, the first goal. Nice build up. Uh, so going down the right side. Right side is our is our main side. Um, yeah, Rick Gattis set up this goal. 
That's what I was going to say. Matt Doyle had, did you see the Matt Doyle segment on Ray Gaddis? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good um, for any uh, Ray Gaddis haters out there. Um, Take that. Yeah. (laughs) uh, It it was a fair, fair uh, segment by Matt Doyle. And um, let's talk about Gaddis real quick. Gaddis has, dare I say it, been good, very good in this tournament. It's not the first time we've kind of called him out for being good. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we've really uh, done often. We've been very hard on him, but he's definitely been a player who kind of weirdly has really grown into this tournament playing stuff. Um, he ended the season last year really strong. I remember against Red Bull, he was one of the best players, and against Atlanta, both playoff games, yep, he was he was one of the best players. And so, for what it's worth, he's awesome at tournament play. Um, and okay. maybe that's just you know, a guy who's been in the organization for that long is going to be really on top of his game. He's got a lot more in, invested in this team than guys who have been around for one or two years. But, yeah, he's been he's been very good, very effective. Um, I'd say more effective than Wagner on the left. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Uh, I, I do still think Wagner should be doing more, but the union is so uh, lopsided towards the right right now that it's really – letting Gaddis do a lot more and he's not he's not blowing it <laughs> right yeah like that in that first goal like he was he was pushed up way way high and even in front of Gaddis or in front of Bedoya to when he when he had the ball and but in that situation that was like the time to be in that spot and he like was able to like shift around Kansas City's like uh, defense so they you know got you know mixed up with and that's how the goals got set up so and he executed and you know played the right ball, so it was yeah, it's just cool to see him kind of just succeed in this tournament. So yeah, definitely props to him, and, and I think there's going to be a lot less uh, Gaddis hate going forward now from this performance. Yeah, yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, so then it's like played around, nice little combination play, but Dwight gets the ball in the box and is nice and calm, plays it across. I was nervous when I played it across. I, I always just, I mean, if you're in the box, no one in front of you just take the shot. But yeah. uh, and it yeah. was I was so I I was expecting that one to get called back because it was so like perfectly timed that he was he was like right on line with the the Kansas City's line to when he when he got the ball played to him so it was it was just you know perfectly executed all around. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then like a minute or two later, the Santos yeah. breakaway goal comes off a corner kick. Again, like you said, this is what uh the Union have been training to do. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, quick turnover and they're off and this was not a turnover that we caused they played us in basically they they had a missed kick going back and right this is the santos that we we kind of got a preview of last year when we were in minnesota and he made like a full field sprint with the ball that that's what it reminded me of this play where he gets the ball 50 yards out dribbling no one could catch him yeah and, and yeah just a nice sweet finish uh yeah it was just him Pretty much all by himself. Aronson was trailing behind in case anything was loose, any, uh, saved by the keeper. But yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about it. It was a great, great play. Santos individual effort there. Yeah, and then and then also like I know it started from like a Kansas City kind of misplaced back pass, but Gaddis sent the ball to that defender. Like it was it was an effort play by Gaddis, like clear it out of the box and mm-hmm. that's what caused the the turnover. So another props to Gaddis for that one. But yeah, it was it was great to see Santos put that away and and yeah like he had support but you want to see your striker be yeah. selfish and take that to the to the get to the net so that was just that was 
pretty nice to see and then made everyone feel pretty relaxed after getting a quick two-goal lead in the first half. Yep. But what's better than a two-goal lead? A three-goal lead. And, exactly. And this is where uh, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I imagine it almost broke because Aronson had the assist of his life. I, I mean, so far, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, that thing was sweet. Playing that ball between the lines, across the box, like seeing a guy on the other side of the field making a run. And then Santos with the one-touch finish. Like that finish was, I mean, I think an underrated finish. Just running right onto it, one touch, beating the keeper. It was such a nice goal between yeah. the, the drop of the shoulder turn between two defenders in the pass. I mean, that that's just, it was fantastic. I, I couldn't believe it. I got up yeah. out of my seat for that one. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was it was so impressive because when when Bedoya had that ball, like he was right on the on the touchline or on the on the sideline, and um, it seemed like Kansas City had him locked in. It was like oh, this, I feel like we're not going to get anything else. It was basically three defenders on Bedoya and Aronson, and Bedoya basically was playing Aronson into a double into a double team, and so it was like oh, this is going to be a turnover. But Aronson is so smooth that just that get like quick little shoulder dip and broke all that defense and. I, I have no idea how he had the vision to see Sanders in the in the all the way on the other side, but it was, yeah, people and yeah, and just so you know, yeah, Twitter was absolutely freaking out about that, and especially with the the added um, bonus of the reports of all the scouts watching this game for Aronson as well as Mackenzie and Busio, so it was it was pretty perfect. Yeah, yeah. If, and if you if you haven't listened to the Aronson uh, interview on our podcast, go back and check that out with him mm-hmm. and his brother, because um, you gotta love his attitude. Because even being asked about scouts watching and European interest right now, he's still saying the same stuff he said on our pod that he's right now just focused on the union, trying to win with them, and he he doesn't really seem to be getting stressed about other stuff outside of the union right now. And that's that's the same exact thing he said on our podcast. Just. Yeah, I'm not really worried about going overseas right now. I just want to worry about playing with the union and playing as well as I can. And that's that's just the right mindset right now for him. Whatever yeah. comes come to him, no matter what, he's gonna he's gonna earn it. Yep. And, yeah. and just so people know, that is still the pinned tweet in our on our Twitter feed. If you want to check out that interview, there you go. There yeah. you go. Easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, before the half ended, we did give up a goal from Kansas City, and this is uh, I'm sure. Everyone was as upset, nervous, angry when this one in because I, I thought this was going to be a sign for things to come. I was pretty nervous when um, Polito headed that ball in. Yeah, and that's and it was frustrating because it 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 was a you know just a, a mistracked runner like that was. I mean, he, he's a, you know the, the striker, so he wouldn't really he shouldn't have been Bedoya's man, but it was but in that moment it was Bedoya's man that ran into the box to get the on the header, so. It was yeah, it was frustrating, and I, I hate when we give up that late first half goal because I feel like that has happened before to us, and that does that could as easily bit bit us in the butt in the in the past. So fortunately, it didn't happen in this game, but yeah, it was a little bit uneasy, and it's just frustrating because after you're having these three super great goals and a, and a pretty great first half to end on sign of kind of a sour note, it was frustrating. Yeah, yeah, old man Bedoya couldn't keep up. Uh, that's it that's it um so yeah then we go into halftime second half um so sporting made two changes at the half and that's smart to do in this tournament and i guess this is going on uh for the next year or so with fifa because it did not 
like they made those two subs, but then they still had three sub windows in the second half. It did not count as one of their sub windows. Oh, so they I still... didn't realize that. Yeah, and so that's and that I was going to ask you guys that um, text you, but then they said it on the broadcast. So that was something I was able to pick up on mm-hmm. by watching that home because I was wondering that. So it's really smart to make that sub at um, halftime if you're going to make a sub, because and so I'm going to complain right now. Um, the union. Uh, uh, Jim Curtin makes the sub at let me find it the 53rd minute so he put El Sino in for Sergio Santos at 53 minutes and I don't understand why you're wasting a sub window to let Santos come on for just eight minutes like you might as well just put El Sino in at halftime and then save your three sub windows you know what I'm saying like yeah no that's true that's it's just, interesting it, it just seemed like I I, I I don't think Curtin's been very good at subbing in this mm-hmm. tournament. Um, I know in the brotherly game, uh, one of the writers had a nice write-up about what uh, Curtin's been doing. It's all just been very, it's been the same every game. And, and looking at the past two games, El Sino comes in for Sergio Santos as the first sub. The, and then it's, oh, I guess, against uh, Sporting, uh, Martinez got to stay in. But otherwise, it's been a defensive midfielder coming in to replace Martinez. Or Craval's coming in, um, yeah. Ferenson, and then there's just a last minute, uh, you know, a sub after the 85th minute. So it's it's been very consistent and not. I wouldn't say it's been very good. El Sino, so they're changing up the formation to bring in El Sino, and I know he scored one goal against whoever, but other than that, he hasn't been involved. I haven't seen him do anything. Uh, they just seem to lose all kinds of momentum i i think it's not working i don't think putting in the il senior for sergio is working and i think you said something that made a little bit of sense but at this point um i think you were thinking like maybe it's because of sergio santos's health they're probably still monitoring how many minutes he's getting but yeah i mean i feel like uh what we're six game five games into the tournament now like he, he should be fully healthy at this point and and honestly, the other striker on the other side, we'll talk about Casper in a minute. Um, but like Sergio has been the better striker and the guy who's been able to stretch other teams and the one who's actually like getting the ball and running with it. I, I just don't like that. We're just, I mean, I know Wednesday night against Portland, unless, you know, Curtin's listening right now. Um, you know, before the 65th minute, El Sino is coming in for Sergio Santos because that's yeah. been different. He's done every every game. Yeah, um, and it, it's frustrating. Yeah, and it yeah, it almost feels like this team has evolved past the need to rely on El Sino. Right, and and it's almost like I still think there's still obviously still plenty a like, huge value in having El Sino, and I think you know that sub still can work even you know. On, on, on certain occasions but it, it's almost like in my head it feels like it maybe it works better in Subaru Park in front of a home crowd because that's when like it kind of gives the crowd a new life too and then it gets a whole yeah. new energy into the into this game and into the atmosphere so it's like it's almost like a mental thing but I maybe it's like so it's maybe like I, I, I can't imagine it's, it's that much of a that is that much of an impact in this but it, it feels like Il Sino in this tournament hasn't really been able to been, be that spark in these games 
Yeah, and then it's impacting other players because they, they push Bedoya back, which is fine because they're trying to close out games. But then Aronson moves out to the left. Montero comes into the middle. And I feel like it kind of negates what they are really good at doing in this tournament. I don't think they're able to run and um, do quick interchanges as well when they're not in their diamond working together. It seems like it almost takes Aronson out of the game. El Senior is not in the game. And I just haven't seen much from the 4-2-3-1. And, and yet we keep kind of going to it for the last half hour of the game. Yeah. Um, also, like, I don't, I don't know how deep we are looking at our bench. Like, I don't know what we have, 42 guys on the bench. Um, I thought we were deeper than we were, but maybe we're not as deep as we thought. Like, I mean, I want to see more of Fontana, but he's getting not many minutes and when he's coming in he's not and i love him uh but he's not really being as effective as i'd like to see him be um vooten like i mean he got 20 minutes against kansas city i i don't know how many times he even touched the ball yeah um i mean real's coming coming in here and there for a minute or two but it's i mean at the six we've talked about how uh what's well, sexy season he hasn't he hasn't come in yet like we thought I feel like we thought we were pretty deep. I thought we were better off than it seems like we're we are from yeah. what subbing is telling me. Yeah, it's definitely Yeah, it definitely is a little bit concerning. And and now like thinking about that, like think, like hearing what you're saying, it's like, you know, maybe we should we should still want Corey Burke back. Right. Cause I yeah, like seeing Vooten come in for those twenty minutes, it was like not super inspiring and even even dad said uh, uh, that that night he's like he looks like he's already tired <laughs> and because he, he like just run it wasn't like doing too much and it was kind of like jogging around and yeah it didn't didn't really seem to do much but like i feel like a Corey burke could you know is still someone that we could get a lot of value of because yeah we don't have a lot of outside of Elsino i didn't and really effective offensive option and then yeah like even defensively like we had Craval was missing in this game because of an injury so defensive mid it's like Martinez got a yellow in the 25th minute so I think Karen was really like had just had a trust in that he would keep his head the rest of the game and, and yeah. he would manage that so unfortunately he did but like that could have easily turned and we would just I don't like maybe and then like I guess you would throw in Glesnes and try to do Glesner, then have like Elliot or whoever at the six, because I just I don't I don't see Curran trusting um, Orbitz Orbitz yeah. right now. So it's yeah, it is a little little concerning. Um, our only depth is really that like the center back, the three center backs, and like even Colin, I guess if you want to add. But yeah, Dude, the rest I, of it I like he's coming in. I thought again? Colin was I thought Colin was coming in the other night. They showed him like talking to coach. And I was like, shoot, you're gonna bring in Colin before, you know, like all these. But obviously, right. it didn't happen. But I like was like, holy smokes, they're gonna bring in Colin before any of these homegrowns. What? But yeah, it didn't happen, so it was okay. Yeah, yeah, we we not seen a lot of the homegrowns. Like we thought, like oh, we see a lot of DeVries. Even we haven't seen Galena yet, which was oh yeah a bummer because I I always thought he was it was always a fun, exciting player to see. Yeah. I, I thought he would get a good chance here, but yeah, yeah, it's frustrating to see Curran not be as uh creative with his subs but you know the results are the results so you can't right. say too much i don't really see it changing much being that we're uh kind of in the money making stages of the tournament and right. the results have been fine but yeah um 
the, where the results have not been fine is with our who we thought was our top striker. Casper's really not been good, and in Kansas City, he was subbed out early, and he was visibly pissed. He like uh, smacked a ball off the stand, and yeah. when, his, when he got subbed off, um, he looks tired. He's not getting the right touches, not put himself in the right spots. Uh, there was a point point where um, Aaronson made a run to the end line, pulled it back, and Casper was late to react where he could have had a good chance at scoring a goal, but a defender reacted faster than him. And that's usually, usually a spot where he's, he's really quick to react within the box. That's where he, yeah. he scores all of his goals. Um, so I guess my question is, is do you stick with him? Um, he's visibly and physically looks frustrated right now. I mean, just based off what we've seen for Vuitton, I would stick with Shiboko. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, like, and then you said like the four two three one wasn't great. So if you wanted to try Santos as a single striker like that, I don't think we have the the setup for that as well. So I think you just have to kind of ride with him and hopefully he can figure it out. And, and I don't know, like he is the kind of striker where he, if he gets if he gets a look in the next game, he could put it away and, that, and then that'll turn his his momentum. And like, so we just kind of, I mean, we just have to hope that that happens. Like. He, yeah, he does look tired and doesn't look himself, so it's it's frustrating. But I really just don't know what else you could do right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Vooten hasn't really shown us much, but I don't know how much of a uh, he got twenty minutes against Kansas City, but that twenty minutes was late. I mean, uh, we were already up three one, and when at that point we were in the four two three one, so he was yeah. kind of up top by himself. Uh, he didn't he start against DC last year when we were at that game? Vooten, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he had, had a good game. He was like he pressed really well. He's he created the very first goal, the right. the, the iconic Bedoya goal. Like Putin kind of started that one. So, all right. So I, with I think that yeah, I, but like I don't know. It's like if if he's not getting too much wins right now, like is he really in that kind of form to step into the the starting role? I mean, it wasn't getting minutes then either. I guess that's fair. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, and I don't think there would be a big change made like that right now. Like we said, we're like, you know, two games away from making a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, but I'd say if this was just a regular season stint, I would I would bench Casper and put Vooten in if, you know, he was going through this during the regular season and let Vooten get a start or two and have Casper coming off the bench because he might just need a minute to sit back and watch the game and, and then come in and say, hey, we, I need you for 20 minutes. Just run. Just go hard. Like you don't need to conserve anything. Um, but I mean, Casper is stuck in this rut, and he's he he knows that El Senio is coming in for Sergio, so he's not getting a break until you know seventy or eighty minutes. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd play longer than seventy if he was playing well. Right. So so I I would if it was regular season and we were going through this or he was going through this during you know a regular season stretch, I would say bench him. But I think. It, at this point in a tournament, especially since he signed a contract extension, you really want to show your or keep your faith of the guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the biggest change that we could possibly see is that he might be the first sub off rather than uh, rather than Santos, and maybe it's maybe it's a different sub than Elsino coming in for Santos and Shabilko comes off or someone. But yeah, yeah let's, I, see, I don't know. let's see Shabilko and Vuten try that. Like, like let's stay in the four four two and just try try that if you want to change up the subs. Mm. Yeah, let's keep keep Aronson at the ten. Keep Montero at the eight. I don't. I don't. Um. 
I guess before uh, we go to the break, um, I, I had an interesting note. So I got to watch the game here at home with our buddy Jonathan, who was on the pod a, little, a few weeks ago. And so he's new to the union. Um, he's really committing to being a union fan. Um, and so I threw this question at him, just kind of see with this year being his first year watching the team, ask him, who are your favorite players? And so these were the guys that have stuck out to him in um, his first five, six games watching the union. He said Martinez, Gaddis, and Aronson. And so I thought that was kind of a cool uh, barometer or whatever indicator of who's playing well right now, who's who's kind of getting some good attention as a fan. And he's a guy who doesn't have, you know, years and years of experience of watching Gaddis uh, do Gaddis things. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I thought that was a cool cool set of players for him to kind of recognize as playing well and who he said were his uh, favorites at the time. That's how yeah. I said it was his favorites, not, not who's playing the best, not who's got the best hair, but um, yeah, who are his favorite players. So he thought those guys were. So I thought that was a cool little point. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. Do you I, want to get into best worst? Yeah, let's do best worst. Um, all right. I got... You, you want to go first with your, with your union best? Okay. I'll go union best. Um, I'll go Santos. Okay. For those two games. Wait, he's got like three goals in those two games? Yeah. And did he, he assist? No, no. He played Bedoya in. And then he has Bedoya. like a secondary assist. So, yeah, he's he's done pretty well. Nice. All right. My union best, and I'll I'll say this because we haven't mentioned him yet this this entire segment, is Andre Blake. Yep. That was, that's a good one. Yeah. Like he, he still had some great saves in, in both games and, and has just still been playing really smart. His distribution still is pretty rough, but, other, you know, he's still making the great saves and having a pretty incredible tournament. So, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. He did have a goal kick that I thought was coming through the screen to me. I put my <laughs> yep. ready to catch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the MLS soccer dudes has him as the tournament MVP so far. Mm-hmm. So, he's getting some, some respect put back onto his name. Uh, through those two games, who's your worst? I'll let you go first. Um, I'll, I'll go with Old Man Bedoya. I will see that you guys were making some points about his his slow slowness. So I think yeah, I think he had some lesser performances in the past two games. So I'll go with Bedoya. I'll go Casper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think all that's fair. I think it's all good shouts. Um, let's say let's say. Just for fun, Bedoya really is slowing down. I don't know if this that's really true. I don't think it is, but let's just say. Who who do you think would be his replacement? I mean, I would Or do I we would, need to buy one? I mean, I would I mean hope like I would say buy one if if you're also gonna I don't know. I, I guess if you're gonna sell Aaron to you'd want to buy a ten then. But I would think on this roster it's a Fontana. Yeah. Maybe even Marial. Oh, that'd be interesting. But he is he's more of a left sided player. That's true. That's true. Maybe Montero can switch to the right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, if, if they're always going to be right-sided and put Montero on that side anyway. Yeah, what about a guy – what about, like, a Cole Turner? I don't know. Like, I I don't know much about him, but I think I thought he was more of a six. Okay, that, and that's what I thought too. So, what if we move Martinez up to Bedoya, put Turner uh, at the six? I like Martinez at the six too much. I think that's just perfect role for him. Okay, but what if – no, I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah. 
right. Let's let's we've been we're at like 35 minutes or so on this first half. So let's take a break. After the break, we'll talk about what if we can sell Aaronson and any other young players, and we'll preview the Portland game, and we'll talk about the Union Hall of Fame. Say what? Come back yeah. after this. All right. All right. <laughs> Luke says okay. He's coming back. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Stupid Brothers Podcast presented by the Bradley League Game. Thanks for listening. We're going to go over some of the big talking points and uh, preview Portland right now. So the biggest talking point from uh, MLS is back regarding the union, other than all their kicking butt, is Aronson. And I, uh, I mean, uh, Mark McKenzie, too, but I think Aronson's been the biggest talking point as far as his interest from European teams. Um, would you agree? Yeah, no, I uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's all they talk about, and that's all anyone wants to. Uh, I imagine that's all anyone tweets about anymore. Mm. Uh, so, I'm going to give everyone a suggestion to uh, go listen to another podcast. Um, it's under the Total Soccer Show platform, and it's Allocation Disorder. I was listening to it this afternoon. They talked a little bit about the union. But then they went into about 10 minutes of talk about Aronson and potentially going overseas. Um, they had some really good points, so I'm going to talk about their points. But if you want to listen to who's a Paul Tenorio and Sam Stachel talk about it in a little more of an educated manner, go listen to Allocation Disorder. Um, but yeah, so they talked about how the league right now, you know, the union are in a good spot that we've got this kid Aronson. Uh, with 19 years old and he's starting to get some interest from Europe and that's not the first time obviously it's happened in the league Um, but the league's kind of had a history of overvaluing its young assets Um, so I'll use Lucho Acosta they used him as an example who was playing with DC you know they're number 10 super talented starting to get attention and, and potentially had a deal with PSG He's over there, and then then DC and MLS, they decided, let's try to squeeze a little more money out of PSG, and the deal ended up falling through. Um, And that's not the first time, and now he's gone, and they didn't get anything for him. He left on a free. And it's not the first time that's happened. Like, Eric Palmer Brown, uh, Weston McKinney left the uh, Dallas Academy. Um, They listed some other players who had opportunities to be sold, but MLS teams overvalued them and they talked about how there isn't really a set market right now for players coming from MLS and it's just kind of in the beginning of that. Al Marone went over TPL and now he's playing guys like uh, Tyler Adams um, help me out, who are some others? Um, Stefan? Stefan, but yeah so it's like few and far between, it's just like the market's kind of getting started and so they're they're talking about how where where is the union going to be in this kind of uh, selling position? Are they going to hold on to them um, for too long, like like MLS teams have in the past, or are they going to be a team that breaks that mold and and sells them? Even though they might end up selling them for a little less than what our overinflated price might feel like, um, like a team might come to us with a, uh, an offer that's like a couple million or a million less than we would want. But at some point you just have to start taking it and start building that market. And yeah. uh, it, it was pretty well, well thought out and the way they were talking about it. And they had some good examples of some teams. I know um, Aaron Long 
he mm-hmm. had a deal that was this this offseason right wasn't he yeah and that was in premier league yeah or at least england yeah and um rebel wanted more and so he didn't go and, and so that's a young american center back who missed out on playing in europe because the deal apparently wasn't far enough but there there isn't a history of americans going over to europe and so um it's almost it was almost like a warning like hey union fans like if he goes he might go for a little less than you'd expect but um regardless it's going to be a net positive especially being a homegrown where doesn't the team get to keep all the money i think now they do yeah i'm pretty sure that wasn't the hasn't always been the case but i think that rule has changed so now they would all right um but yeah yeah, that's cool i I definitely am gonna go listen to that because those guys are very smart and obviously a relevant conversation right Um, and then there's uh another point they're making as far as like mls trying to they were kind of talking about tv ratings and stuff um they're just talking about growing the popularity and uh value of the league as within the world market um and particularly as uh some listeners like to say like euro snobs in order to like kind of get some of those guys to start paying attention yeah having a guy like aronson go over to europe and get some minutes and hopefully you know climb up the ranks to start playing for hopefully a bigger team someone who you're able to watch on a saturday and sunday um would be a great advertisement for for the league and, and particularly for the union where you know if he's playing for I don't know, let's say a lower epl team for just random say like west ham or something or yeah we'll say them then you might get like a euro guy be like well okay so this kid came from philly straight from new jersey like that's that's awesome let me pay attention to this philly team a little bit let me see if they've got any other young guys who potentially could go to liverpool or whoever i root for so to speak yeah. And they're saying like that that's a better advertisement for the league, getting some young players over in Europe, be it EPL, Bundesliga, um, whatever league, rather than keeping them so that they can have a ten and they said like a ten second clip on Sports Center once every three weeks. Like that's that's not enough to get a casual flame, uh soccer fan to start paying attention to the league. It's it's you need guys to be sold and going over to Europe and playing on Saturday mornings and on uh, NBC Sports or whoever's carrying that. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I feel like I like personally, like I feel like I never really like, cared too much about Eurosnobs getting into MLS, but I feel like that is a cool, like kind of more organic way to get turn some of those fans into like potential MLS fans. So yeah, I like that that angle. Yeah, 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 and I, yeah. I agree. I don't really care about other people's fandom. Like you choose to be a fan, however you want to be a fan on. Right. You do you, and I'll do me, and let's just be happy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we always are excited about MLS's growth and the league and the union's growth and in the country and like in you know like the public eye. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So I see you wrote down a question here. Yeah. So like to stick on the Aronson topic, I I know like 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 you were saying that they're the you know, the market's not exactly there or set. So I'm curious if you had any opinion on like if you had a number in mind that you would say like oh this is a great deal for us i know there's like other factors that you were discussing but is there a number that you could you would potentially see as a good deal just on paper um i'll be honest no 
I, I don't know money enough. Yeah. Uh, anything in the multi-millions. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess, I, yeah, I have no idea. Two, four million? Yeah. I like in my head, I feel like over three sounds like a, a good number, like four, like five, like five sounds like probably a stretch, but that'd be like a really good deal. But yeah, like in my mind, there's like other factors. Like if there's like a big sell on percentage fee or, or percentage that the union get, I feel like that's, that could be even more valuable because you would hope that he can just continue his, his growth and his value. But like in my mind, it's really just like getting him to a team that want like obviously it would be a higher level but like he gets the playing time right like yeah. i hate like 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 stephanie I, I, like it was so cool that like he went to man city but it's like he's never gonna play that like it was like decide like maybe he's gonna be a backup this year but it's like that's what does that really mean right so like getting aronson to do a i don't know that's why like my in my mind i like i hope he just like goes to a, a, the right place and then yeah. the, the numbers can be you know debated if they're if, if it's good or not but yeah. yeah, like like you're saying, like if if he gets sold for a, a little bit less than what people thought would be a good deal, that just means like, it, it, yeah, like it just opens that window, like you're saying, and then like you know maybe Pax and Aronson get sold for a little bit more because there's you know kind of more of a proof of purchase. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's really cool that I don't know. I feel it's just like a cool moment for Union fans to be in with like their team successful and like this all all this stuff is like all real real exciting and, and new for us so it's cool to get into and, and think about yeah and it might put the the union as a team like in a different light within european circles being that we got ernst tanner a guy who's come from europe with the mentality of let's let's build some young players and then sell them like that's that's kind of his mo yeah. um, from germany and so if the union can be one of these teams others in european circles might look at that and be like oh that that Philadelphia Academy, they produced this guy. Let's now let's take a look at his brother. Let's take a look at this right back, Nathan Harriot. Let's take a look at, you know, Mark McKenzie, obviously. Like, yeah. Because um, other teams, I mean, Dallas has had a couple guys who have made the jump. Uh, Red Bull obviously had Tyler Adams, and then uh, Aaron Long was getting looks. So it's like mm -hmm. NYC has had a couple guys like Urania, but then like a couple others that like are going to europe so yeah there's if we can become one of those teams that gets gets the guys from europe like that's that'd be pretty cool to see yeah you need like someone to open the door and then it's like mm -hmm. door starts opening a little more and we can get a couple more looks and it's not going to be rapid where you know aronson goes and then uh mckenzie goes and paxton goes and nathan harrell goes and it's it's like uh, one will go and then maybe in a couple of years another will go yeah and and you just want to be a team that's on that side of the door with the door open rather than a team that you know has the young player and and holds on to him and right and then you know thankfully aronson's not having a sophomore slump like we've seen happen in the union like he he's one who i don't think anyone's really talked about it, but his sophomore year is if anything much much better than his rookie year and like we haven't seen that in a few years between union players usually it's awesome rookie year sophomore year curtain doesn't play him at all and then third year is a crapshoot yeah and then you sell them to colorado for some tam or whatever but only after i buy their jersey <laughs> yeah which my birthday's coming up and i know there's been lots of talk between uh text messages my wife and you because i told her if, if you're thinking about buying anything union run it by luke first and uh -huh. 
and she's like yeah and and he because she was talking she you know she's like aj i know you're a little uncertain about the aronson because luke says you think he's gonna be sold so you don't know if you want to buy his jersey and i'm like yeah i, I don't I, I know i'm gonna open that jersey on august 15th and then you're gonna send me a screenshot of a tweet august 16th that says <laughs> aronson signed with hoffenheim yeah but also in my mind that still makes that jersey really cool yeah yeah like aronson like in, in any regard with this situation he's gonna be a huge part of union history right and, and hopefully like i mean like obviously like knock on wood like it's it's he stays healthy and you know that all like he becomes the player we think he is like with union or somewhere else but he's i think he's just gonna be a huge like if he gets sold it's still like that's that's incredible and you have a piece of his career as a as a union player and obviously if he moves on but like that's like i guess there's some value in that and that, yeah. and that jersey still would be cool for sure for sure yeah it's almost like the latu jersey but yeah um all right do you have a preferred location okay yeah so <laughs> kind of my am i like thinking of there's you know he's like aronson has been linked to a handful of teams mainly in germany but my my mind immediately goes to all right who has the coolest jersey because i know i'm immediately gonna buy the aronson jersey of whatever team he goes to so for me like i think you know celtic would be cool i love those those jerseys i don't think that's the best team for him the, right. like, the league does maybe not as much of a step up as bundesliga and stuff so i don't know i was looking at like there is a report i think it was just today um that bruce gladbach or Malkin gladbach was they like seriously like they said that they want him it wasn't just they were scouting him it said it was like in a report that they actually like want aronson mm-hmm. so i was like oh that's cool that's you know it's a that's a little more um a little more uh like of a, of a commitment in the in a report than some of the other stuff so i was like oh they, you know they got some cool jerseys they're new ones they got some those cool puma jerseys like that that'd be a cool spot and they're they're pretty they're a good team so i don't know they, they might be a spot where i think it would be cool to see and I think they play some exciting soccer, so that'd be that'd be a good spot for him in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I'd like um, him to not go to Celtic. I already have a Celtic jersey. Thank right. you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like like you said, I don't think the league's that good. I mean, not, it's not opinion; it's fact. Uh, so yeah, Bundesliga would be cool. I, I also like watching um, the Dutch league. I think I think he would have fun in that league. Um, it's pretty similar to MLS, but at least it's in Europe. Um, but I feel like they play a pretty open and fast-paced game where I think he would he would do pretty well and be able to have some success, which would then allow him to possibly transfer to a bigger league. But, well, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Yeah. An exciting time for the Union. And, cool. Yeah. So and, yeah, so <laughs> with all that excitement, I feel like we like kind of downplayed the fact that the Union are in a semifinal match this week. Yeah, it's no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. They're um, potentially yeah. the favorite in the whole tournament right now. That's and that's crazy. Which yeah. okay, so weirdly, just think about like odds and stuff. Um, yeah, we're like one of the favorites. I mean, now we are the favorite. Last game, we were had the second best odds according to five thirty eight. Um, but we were the underdog against Sporting KC according to like the odds that are on mlssoccer.com so it's like weird that like yeah we're one of the tournament favorites but in the individual game we were 
the underdog according to the odds. Right. And against Portland, um, I think we. So I don't know odds. Uh, so we have a <laughs> says the math teacher. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have a plus one seventy. They have a plus one fifty. So that would mean Portland is favored, uh, right? Yeah, that's true. So it's weird that you know five thirty eight has us as one of the favorites, but for the second week in a row, we're technically the underdog in the game. Yeah, I don't get odds either, but I still think we're we're we're, we're one of the best. Um best one of the best chances to win the tournament with because it's, it's so crazy we're like thinking back it's like or thinking at this tournament it's like all right well new york city they just got out new york rebel they were out a long time ago Atlanta was out a long time ago columbus like oh they look scary they got kicked out both la teams get kicked out seattle's out so it's like there's toronto's out like all the biggest teams of the like that won so many tournaments and conversations in the past you know so many seasons are all are all out so it, it's it feels so wide open and that's why that's why i say like the union are a favor because the, all these big heavyweight teams are are out of the tournament so it, yeah, it, the, only, the only team that's won anything is portland right it's pretty cool that the other three teams in the semis are looking for their first trophy yeah um so yeah we're, we're playing portland uh we have an extra day no extra two days of rest which is nice because we yeah. played yeah we played on the 30th they played on the first so we've got two days of rest um plus they played at the late game so really the second was kind of shot so they're gonna be a little tired hopefully mm-hmm. um it's definitely the matchup that i was hoping for i didn't want to play nycfc again yeah they're always annoying for lack of a better term um what, do you have any thoughts on the matchup in general before I start making some of my No, points? yeah, no, I agree. Well, I wanted to play Portland. I feel like, yeah, we always get frustrated by NYC. Like, I know we, we beat them in the tournament recently, so, like, maybe that, that helps, but I just hate playing them. I yeah. get annoyed by those games, by so many of those players on that team. So, I... And they do have so much talent on the on their team. So and like obviously Portland does too. And Portland has have a lot had a lot of success against the Union. But I still was way more preferring to play Portland than than NYC. Yeah, NYC looked real good against Toronto too. So if they had beaten mm-hmm. Portland, then they'd be coming in on a pretty hot streak, winning their last group stage match, and then beating Toronto, then beating Portland. That would have been. Uh, train that would have been one we wanted to avoid mm-hmm. uh portland's had a had a pretty good tournament though they let's see did they like beat la beat houston tied lafc um and then the knockouts they they barely got by cincinnati then beat nyc fc so they've had a pretty good tournament as well technically three wins and two ties um yes yes yeah, so you were able to watch uh, the Portland NYC game. Yeah. So you got some points you wanted to cross. Yeah, I I caught a couple of goals, but I, you, I think you have a little bit more to say about that. All right. So uh, first off, that game was at ten thirty, so I didn't watch it live. I recorded it and then yeah. watched it the next day, just to be fair. Um, let's see. So all of their goals came from their left side. All three of them came from their left, which is our right. So and our right's our strength. So it's going to be kind of a strength versus strength kind of game. Um, as the saying goes, why did they build that hill on that field? 
I mean, <laughs> just because why did they it's why did they build the field on a hill kind of thing? You know, it's all one sided. Uh, yeah, and AJ missed that lineup in the <laughs> late into the Red Bull, the, the Revs game. So it's yeah, that was a little bit of inside joke. Um, but yeah, it's gonna likely be our right versus their left for all the marbles. Um, I'm sure Wagner will get to touch the ball every once in a while. Hopefully, Montero gets to see the ball every once in a while. But uh -huh. yeah, Bedoya, he better get his get out of that wheelchair and get running, man. He, he's got a tough matchup. Their their best player um, has been Blanco, who is playing on their left side, and he tucks it in. Um, he's one who is going to make runs off of their one striker, Obobase. They're going to have to really make sure they're marking him. Um, he, he had a really nice finish, just calm in the box, but had to be really quick on his feet with a nice finish, far post. Uh, he's definitely been their best player in the tournament. Um, everyone knows Diego Valeri. He came off the bench in, in this game against NYCFC to get a little rest. I would imagine he starts against the Union. He, mm -hmm. he, rarely, he rarely doesn't start, but um, their coach, uh, Savarise, he's, he's good, and his subs were very effective. I don't know if their players are just – I mean, they had Valeri coming off the bench, so obviously that's going to be an effective sub. But another guy who he brought off the bench came in was real – dangerous and scored a very nice goal from the left side cut in and then curled one around the keeper um so his subs are pretty effective definitely more effective than ours have been so far um Abubu say he he's he's a good young striker uh, he's got a lot of movement but uh he, he seems to be playing up top by himself so he's kind of a guy who moves tries to create some space then have some other runners come in with him uh late um let's see other things trying to think of if i did like just break down the matchup position by position i would say keepers obviously blake has been better than uh their dude uh steve clark i think it is he wears black gloves really cool i really like their the way he looks i think he's a cool looking dude uh -huh. all tatted up and he's got like just solid black uh keeper gloves um but blake's got the advantage there defensively i, th I think the union will have some success running at this defense. Um, yeah, NYC had more possession against Portland. Portland was just more clinical in their finishing. Um, they're very patient when they get the ball. They're not always like rushing. Um, they 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 seem very calm if they had to kind of work the ball around the back and and slowly build up. Uh, players weren't frantic. Um, but that's something I really like about the Union. I, I don't know where I, I missed this point, but I love how the Union right now are very calm when they're defending. Like, we, yeah. we would have sporting running at us, and you would just see the Union calmly, their back six players, just kind of calmly accepting the pressure, waiting, waiting, and then disrupting the play. Uh, the delayed tactic, you know, we're not diving in, not destroying. Um one of the first D's of defense is delay. And, and that's really what the Union are just doing very well right now, just kind of letting the attack come to them and making sure they got their marks on the far side. They're very patient, and they're not giving up uh, spaces that they shouldn't. I think they were broken down once pretty well by Sporting, but uh, the play ended up blowing up where like a player was stepped when he shouldn't have stepped. It was in the second half. Um, a player stepped... When he shouldn't have stepped, then it left a gap between 
the two center backs or something. I think McKenzie had to step. I don't, I don't know. It was a mess, but they were covered. But it's been fun watching the Union kind of defend very well. Yep, for sure. So uh, what was I saying? So defensively, I think the Union are better than Portland. The midfield is tough because they've got they've got some good players. Chara, Blanco, Valeri. Um, I forget their other dude. Um, but I, I would say that's a push. But then we have two strikers up top compared to their one. I think our strikers will be better. So overall, I give the Union the edge. No, I, I mean, I, I assume you're going to give the Union the edge. But that's just, that's just the kind of guy. <laughs> On a union union podcast, I'm gonna give the union an edge. So yeah, no, I like all those points. Yeah, I think I think we do sit up pretty well because I don't know. I'm really interested in some of these midfield battles. I think Martinez is gonna have a lot to deal with with just like Valerian Blanco, like trying to you know disrupt them a bit. And but they're they're pretty smart players. But I, I really want to see him get in a battle with Diego Chara. I know they're both yeah. defensive midfielders, so like it might not actually work out. But I think they're very, like, Char is kind of the the model player that uh, Martinez is be and, and probably will be. And they have so. the other Char brother too. Who, right. Yeah. He looks good. He did. He did try to dribble more than he should have a couple times. Like I think the Union Press might be able to catch the Portland back line. Um, I, I I feel like the Union Press might be able to. Uh, disrupt the back line playing the ball out here and there i think we might be able to find some success there and yeah and i always feel like we do do a pretty good job of keeping the other team in check when they have when they play a single striker like obibu say mm-hmm. like i feel like whenever we play against like it, dwyer wasn't playing in the in the matchup this week or this tournament but when we play against like a, a dwyer like i feel like mckenzie and ellie are really really good at Shutting that player down and cutting off any any passes into a, 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 the single striker. So I feel like it, it's this that sets up pretty well for the Union. They're they're able to handle that pretty well. It's just a matter of like there's other other attackers getting into space. Like I know like like Blanco is is very dangerous. So that could create that that kind of disorganization that that creates goals uh, against the Union. Mm-hmm. But I, I I am like I don't know yeah like these it's a less scary team that we're going up against than we I would have expected in, in a semifinals, so I I feel good but obviously you know you know anything could happen anything could happen that's great but yeah. as long as the union are winning <laughs> yeah um all right so then we'll we'll do our. Uh predictions to end the podcast but we do have a segment that we're going to start but we're not going to finish for a couple episodes okay so um last year on the podcast we had a couple guys on who have really made the, a name for themselves within the podcast soccer podcast world i guess the 25 stories that made mls guys Tootle ramen and his brother um so another couple brothers who have a podcast which is cool mm-hmm. um they, they put out this series of 25 stories that really made MLS from the beginnings of like 1984 World Cup or Olympics or something that really started soccer in America, uh, modern soccer in America, all the way up to, you know, academies and stuff like that. They, they just started a second season where it's not 25 stories, but it's going to be 25 
players for an MLS Hall of Fame. Now, there's a U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame, but not an MLS-specific Hall of Fame. So they are doing an MLS-specific Hall of Fame. Now, the players that they're putting in, it's only based on MLS experience, um, and it's also their total MLS experience, not what's going to happen in the future, not what track they're on. Um, so like a guy like Joseph Martinez, they they said – yeah, in like three or four years, he would be a shoo-in for an MLS Hall of Fame vote. But right now, he's only been in the league for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a guy like maybe Dwayne De Rosario would have a better uh, resume. So that's just kind of setting up for what they're doing. Now, you and me are going to do one for a Union Hall of Fame. We're not going to pick 25 players because you'd be getting into uh, – it'd be slim pickings to get full 25. Yeah. So we're going to choose an overall first five into a Union Hall of Fame. Um, we're going to break it up into a couple episodes because uh, there's some work that's going to need to go into it. We'll, we'll look into stats, we'll look into some stories, and we'll pick some favorite moments for each player. Um, so tonight is nominee night. We're each going to nominate some players. Another night we'll discuss stats and uh, who we think our first five really should be. And then we'll have another episode where we really induct them into the Hall of Fame and we'll try to tell some stories about their soccer playing history and stuff. And so really get a full, well-rounded picture of Union Hall of Fame first five in. But tonight we're just going to nominate some dudes. Um, so we'll, we'll put some names out there. If you're listening, thank you. But if you're listening and you think you have a name that we should uh throw into discussion tweet at luke or shoot us an email at doopy brothers at gmail.com again yeah. that doopy brothers at gmail.com that's the first time you ever shouted out the email yeah that's because our password's really obvious and uh i'm going to change it tonight <laughs> why would you say that <laughs> and also tweet is tweet at the doopy brothers that's what aj means it's not my account or whatever but just oh, yeah. aj is not on twitter just at the doopy brothers yeah or you can tweet at Luke. I, I tweet at Luke every day. Blow up his phone with <laughs> stupid tweets. Tell him what you had for lunch tomorrow. Sure. All right. So let's let's nominate some players, then we'll get into uh, the future in the future. So um, I threw up some obvious ones. I mean, Latou is an obvious nominee. Bedoya, Blake, Gaddis, JMU alum, CJ Sapong, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Califf, Jim Curtin. And yeah, and then I wanted to add a couple that. I don't think maybe could make as strong of a case as those ones because those are like the obvious ones. But another one that I, I thought would be cool to think about would be Brian Carroll. I think Jack Elliott makes a good chat. And then we had uh, Mondragon as another another one to talk about. Uh, here's another one. Yeah. Shane Williams. Yeah, that was thinking about him too. Yeah, I think that he's definitely had, has played enough for the union to, to get a shout there. I, I still feel like we're missing an obvious one or two. Carlos, Carlos Valdez, I'll put him on. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, could a guy like Kevin Casey be in a Hall of Fame? Oh, that'd be interesting. I'll throw him on the list because yeah. we're we're just nominating right, right now. We'll argue and discuss who is going to be our inductees next, whenever we decide to talk about this. So this might be like a couple of weeks from now that we get back into it, so we can do some research and uh, who knows what MLS stuff we'll have to talk about after the tournament ends. So yeah, for real. But yeah, that's that's pretty fun. Uh, do you want to go into predictions, or do you want to have anything else you want to say there? 
Um, I think I think that's good. So okay. yeah, let's yeah. if you have anyone else just to save a list again for nominees for the Union First Five Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I mean I think one or two of these guys is for sure, and but then I think there's going to be some good arguments for some other ones. So we got Latou, Bedoya, Blake, Gaddis, C.J. Sapong, Danny Califf, uh, Curtin, Brian Carroll, uh, Jack Elliott, Fareed Mondragon, Shannon Williams, Carlos Valdez, and of course Kevin. Casey, mostly for his work on the Doopy Brothers podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some other stuff behind Mr. Casey. Um, but yeah, like a guy like Aronson, Mackenzie, uh, they're just too young right now to be Hall of Fame dudes. Yeah, I'm not, I really, I really want to add them, but yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, like Montero is another guy where it's like he he potentially will be a Hall of Fame dude, but not right now. Oh, some other names like Maidana, Nogueira, Barnetta, any of those dudes you want to throw in real quick or no? I like, I want to, but I also, I feel like they're also guys that maybe weren't around long enough. Right. But I don't know, like Maidana isn't, is he not the assist leader or right behind that's the two what I, in assist? That's what I thought. So maybe through our research, we might throw him on. Yeah. But. I think at least in a single, in a, he has a single season record for, uh, yeah. The, the union and just like that other dude uh borch dutch like he would it, it, you know he was just too short but yeah he led the league in assists that year but yeah. all right uh weekly ebay finds just throwing you on the spot did you have any any uh yeah i was just looking i the only one i i could i wouldn't want to add is one I, I sent you earlier there's a a rare union training top that i literally have never seen before and like actual use but it's like a pretty plain one but it's, it's kind of a cool look because it's, it's just all blue with with white trim and the bimbo is uh just a white logo so it's a pretty clean one it's only 29 dollars if you're a medium so that's all i have yeah. right now it's not as random but it's it's one i actually like yeah it's like i don't think it's a fake but it's one that i've never seen before yeah and it's very wearable but it's yeah. also like if you take away the union logo and the bimbo logo it's really a plain adidas shirt that's yeah um but if you're also looking to spend 30 bucks i sent didn't i sent you uh and you won a union jersey um the 2015 white secondary replica jersey they're only like 30 bucks right now on mlsstore.com so you don't even have to go through ebay to get it but yeah That's they're a good deal. price I, I just got one recently and it's like one of my favorites very wearable nice uh all right so we got portland on wednesday night we got predictions right now i have five points in our random predictions score luke has four and we we stopped asking celebrities to do it because last time we did that pandemic hit so yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> so luke, what's your prediction for uh, all right so my prediction i'm gonna say two zero Oh, you son of a gun. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's... I, I don't think it's going to be uh, a, as as comfortable as that may sound. I feel like maybe the second goal is going to come late or or something. But because I still think it's still going to be a, a, a tense match for us to watch. But I'm going yeah, to say 2-0. Darn, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I'm glad I said it first. I know. I, I, I really just want to say 2-0. But um... then we could just say, like difference you know scores nah man nah i think this is gonna be i think we're gonna open it up 
4-1 Union. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, it'll be it'll be tight early, but then then yeah, we'll we'll blow up on them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Goal scorers: Santos, Aronson, Bodoya, and Elliot. Nice. I, and just a shout out to myself. A couple weeks ago, I said Wagner was gonna score, and he did. Oh yeah. We never covered that. And that was one of my best predictions that Wagner was gonna score and then he ended up doing it. So Yeah, because that was his first goal for the union. Yep, and that's the only reason why I'm ahead of you in the predictions score thing. Nice. Alright, so my two goals are gonna come from they're gonna come from Aronson and Martinez. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Awesome. So. Well yeah, so all right guys uh that's it for us Shoot. yeah yeah oh man it's so crazy thinking that like if that happened then no the next podcast we're gonna be talking about the union in a final and playing for a trophy so, yeah pretty sure. wild but it also feels very uh very doable which is a cool thing for union fans to, to think so this is pretty exciting times for the union yeah yeah very very exciting no matter what uh this tournament's been a huge positive of course and the union just keep on getting better so uh thanks for listening we love you guys um hopefully we'll talk to you soon after union victory and keep being good people